4. We're going to be reading out of the New International Version this morning, uh, but whatever one you want to follow along in would be wonderful. And uh, we are coming to the end of our journey through the book of Philippians. This is actually our last uh, passage of Scripture, and then next week Cassie's going to briefly um, wrap up the entire book of Philippians. And uh, it's been fun, I think, to, to celebrate this joy book is what we've been calling it. Um, I hope for you, as it has for me, that this uh, passage of Scripture has encouraged you. I hope it's challenged you that you leave here with some things to think about every Sunday, that maybe it's spurred you on, right? Maybe to do some things that you've maybe been afraid to do, but the Lord is pushing you and leading you and guiding you, right? He has that way of kind of keeping a little bit of pressure on us, right? Because we sometimes don't want to do hard things. We want to just kind of do the easier things. And sometimes the Lord puts a little bit of pressure on us to, to do the things He's calling us to do, right? I hope that this hasn't just been us reading but it's been something that's been able to sink into our minds, our hearts, right? And maybe changed our lifestyle even just a little bit, right? Maybe there's something that we believed wrong about God and maybe he's kind of changed that perspective. Or maybe you've been on the fence about, you know, doing something that God has called you to do and he's, he just kind of keeps that pressure on us to, to move us forward. I hope that it's changed even just a little bit in your heart and your mind as we've read through this. I know it has for me as I studied and prepared. I know that the Lord was speaking so many things to me and encouraging me in so many different ways. And I hope that that's been the case for you. And um, you can always go back and read Philippians anytime you want. You don't have to wait until we teach it the next time. I just wanted to let you guys off the hook. If you like that book and you want to read it on your own, you're more than welcome to. This Bible is it's good for reading, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? It, does, it opens up the other days of the week too, right? It doesn't have like a magnetic lock that's on for the other days. So you're more than welcome to read it. So the title of this morning's talk is Sharing is Caring, right? And so I'm sure that many of you have maybe heard this phrase before I, I liked it. I thought it was appropriate for this morning. And, and uh, as a dad of two little ones, you hear a lot of kids' stories and you hear a lot of sports stories. I, I apologize ahead of time for that because those are basically the two things I do is hang out with my kids and watch the 49ers win on Sunday mornings. But... Um, <laughs> As a dad of two little ones, I experience sharing as caring every day, right? If those of you who have kids or even have known a kid for five minutes, you know that this is a tough concept to live out for kids, right? Sharing, right? My kids inevitably, about 10 or 100 times a day, right, they have that one thing that they're playing with, right? And they both have to play with it at the same time. They didn't care about it about it the rest of the time, but that one moment that their brother or sister has that toy, right? They have to have it, right? Somebody yesterday gave my wife a, one of those little, it's like a little squish, squishy, squish model thing. I don't know what they're called, but like a stuffed animal. And they only gave him one. And I was like, this is going to be atrocious, right? We're going to bring this one toy home and they're going to fight over it and they're going to push each other or whatever it might be, right? It's hard to share sometimes, right? And it's not just for kids, but for, for all of us, right? Um, they have to have that one thing right now, right? Anybody ever experienced that with their children or other worked with children for five minutes, right? <laughs> Maybe a perfect kids, I don't know, but come to my house for a little while. So this morning, Paul is going to talk about sharing with us. He's going to thank this community for their generosity, and he's going to encourage them to live life full of contentment, which they have 
in the Lord, right? Aren't we content in Jesus? Even when we don't have everything we want or need, don't we still have contentment? Can't we stand strong in Jesus? He's going to challenge them to let go of a scarcity mindset, right? And embrace the God of the infinite, right? Our God doesn't have a resource problem, right? He doesn't have... He has everything we need, and there's nothing that God lacks. There's nothing that we have to lack when we rely on the Lord. And he's going to spur them on not only to share their resources, but to share their lives with one another, right? Not just to share their finances and the things they have and the blessings they have, but also that's part of what church is, is us sharing our lives with one another, sharing our stories with one another, sharing our struggles with one another, sharing our excitement with one another, right? Sharing our tears with one another, all of those things that go together, right? That's what church is about. And so we're going to dive into this passage starting in verse 10 this morning. I'm going to read to us. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every, any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I, sent, I was sent out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except only you. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more to be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters who are with me, send greetings. All God's people here, send your greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord be with you, uh, be with your spirit. Amen. So as I read through this passage, the theme that I get throughout it is the Lord supplies, right? I want to say that again. The Lord supplies. We don't serve a God that doesn't care for our needs. We serve a God who cares for all the things that we need in our lives. Verse 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Not some of our needs, not a few of our needs, not 70% of our needs, not 20% of our needs. All of our needs the Lord supplies according not to our riches, according to His riches, right? And Scripture says that He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That's a lot of cattle, right? And that is meant to mean not a thousand hills and, you know, certain head of cattle. That's meant to mean everything. Everything belongs to to God, right? He owns it all. And he is not limited by bank accounts or supply chain issues or shortages or anything else. His resources and his reach are infinite in our lives, right? 
This is truly at the heart of Paul's message for us this morning. So let's, as followers of Jesus, stop putting limits on who God is. Let's stop underestimating God. Have you ever underestimated God? Oh, He can't do that. Oh, He can't come through in that area. He can't heal that. He can't reach that person with salvation, right? He's too far from God, right? We've all had our opportunities to limit who God is. Stop trying to control how He moves. Just let God be God, right? Let Him be God, and we'll just serve Him, and He'll provide His infinite resource to us. Just let Him pour out His abundant love and His provision upon our lives. Because our Lord, it says, will meet all of our needs according to the riches of His glory, right? Isn't this such a life-giving reality? This truth? That God is infinite and that He has all that we need and wants to give it to us, right? Scripture says if we ask for bread, He's not going to give us a stone, right? That if we ask for something, He's not going to give us something that we don't want, right? He's not going to give us something negative. God wants to pour out positive things upon our lives. Whether it's healing or financial resource or mended relationships, right? Our Lord wants to pour His greatness upon our lives, He wants to move in our lives, right? He's not a God that's far off. He's a God that is close to us in our needs. Paul says in the midst of his chains and in the midst of his imprisonment in verse 18, I have received full payment and I have more than enough. I am amply supplied, right? I want this to be my heart. I want that to be our hearts. Let us be a people who know that we are amply supplied by our King, right? that we have all that we need. Let us be a community that knows that our God is oh so good to us. Right? How many of us even could think of this week where God was just, there was just a moment when God was good to us this week. Maybe it wasn't like he dropped a $10,000 check in our lap, which that would be wonderful, right? I, was, I got some, my aunt, uh, I went to her house for Christmas yesterday and, and uh, one of our 29 Christmases that our family has to go to and so, um, gets to go to, sorry. Um, and... <laughs> That one struck a chord, I think. So, But she gives us these, she buys us scratchers for, for Christmas. I don't know what you think about scratchers. I didn't buy them. I just received them. So, you know, and you're scratching these things off and you're like, you know, it says I could win a thousand bucks, right? If I scratch the right thing. So, you know, we all wish that we got the scratcher and it wasn't a thousand, but it was whatever it might be, right? And that's not always how God works in our lives. He doesn't just, you know, drop us a thousand dollar scratcher as great as that would be. And he has, he does do that on occasion, but the Lord He provides for us from His abundance, right? And we can rest in that abundance. That when we have need, we can bring our needs to Jesus and know that He's going to supply. That He's going to take care of us. I mean, I'm not going to share Kevin's story, but Kevin came to Mark and I last week and he he had a real real need. A real thing that was going on in his life. And, And both Mark and I, it was funny, separately said the same exact thing to him and prayed over him. And you know what? He came back this Sunday and he said, you know that thing I was worried about? God took care of that, right? God took care of that, right? Because that's what God does, right? We can bring, there was fear and there was emotion and there was worry, right? All those things. We can bring all those things before Jesus. All of our, he knows who we are, right? We're not hiding anything from him. We don't just come to him and say, I'm not fearful at all, right? He knows. He knows we are. Bring it all to him and submit it to him and let him do what he does, which is provide for us, right? 
even greater than, than we could even imagine, right? Let us be a church that knows that our God is so good to us. Let us rest in His abundance and His love. Let us be people who have contentment in the Lord, right? That is not a word that our culture knows. Contentment is not a word. It's not a, it's not a realistic thing, right? Everything we see on social media and, and on television and all the other places, right, tells us you need, 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 buy, 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 right? That's all it says to us. If I just had that really nice Mercedes, my life would be complete, right? If I just had this really nice cowboy's jacket, my life would be complete, right? If I really had this really big present under the tree, my life would be complete, right? But we know as followers of Jesus that there is no end to that insatiable desire for more, right? Those things will never satisfy you, right? I remember when I bought my pickup truck several years ago. It wasn't new at the time, but it was very new to me. It was probably the nicest vehicle I'd ever had in my life. been driving jalopies my whole life. And so I bought this pickup truck, and I remember being really excited about it for about two weeks, right? And then you realize it's just a pickup truck that you put stuff in, and you get in, you turn the key, and it drives you places, right? But isn't that really how stuff works, right? For a little while, it's great. And then it loses its luster, right? But the Lord, he provides more than what we need, more than what we want. Verse 12 shows us Paul's heart about this idea. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. That's a really tough verse to read, right? In plenty. We love Jesus and we're excited about Jesus in the plenty, we're less excited in the want, right? If we, can we be honest about that? When we need something, we're like, God, where are you? Right? Those moments. You ever had those God, where are you moments? Maybe not. Maybe just me. Um, but those moments where you're like, God, I feel like I've done X, Y, and Z. I've done the right things. I come to church. I read my Bible. I try to serve you. And I have this want. Where are you at? Right? We all have those moments, Right? But Paul says that we can be content in all things, in plenty and in want. And in want, knowing that the Lord will provide, right? It's not just being in want and wallowing in our want and saying, I'm just going to be okay with just my life stinking, right? But it's, it's being in want, knowing that the Lord is going to come through, that He's going to provide. We know that He is faithful. He is good even in the waiting of life. He is still good. He is still on His throne. Even as we wait for that healing or we wait for that job or we wait for that whatever it might be, God does not cease to be good even while we wait for Him to do what He's going to do in our lives, right? He is still our supplier. He is still our provider. Even when it doesn't look like we have enough with our physical eyes, right? He is doing things in the spiritual, working in our, in our midst. He will always come through by His power and His love, He will never leave us out to dry. Never. Never. And when God does come through, Paul says in verse 20, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Right? When God does supply, let us be a people who worship Him in His faithfulness. Right? Let us not take credit for something that God has done. Let's go to our Father and say, that is amazing. God, thank you for supplying. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for protecting me on the road, right? You ever had those moments? I, I remember when I was a kid, I drove a, a 1964 Mercury Comet, right? And they did not have 
power breaks, okay? And so I remember getting on the freeway and ripping right there, and the, all of a sudden it comes to a stop, right? And my I slam on my brakes, and I thought I was going to die, right? The back tail end of that thing swung one way, and the front end swung the other way, and I thought I was going to end up in a ditch, right? You ever had an experience like that, right? And somehow God stabilized that boat of a car, and I, I'm here breathing today, right? So in those moments when God protects you and when he takes care of you, say thank you. Thank you, God. My supply, it doesn't come from me. It comes from you, right? Let him have all the glory and all the credit, right? When he does pour out upon us, let it be a people who pour out our praise to him, right? Praise to the king. This is at the heart of one of the most famous verses in the entire Bible, uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength, right? And this verse, honestly, is not primarily about trials. It's not really even about us. This verse is really about the goodness and faithfulness of God. It's a reminder that as we go through things, whatever situation we're in, God provides, right? Whatever area of our life we're in, God provides, right? He takes care of us. He gives us all we need, period, End of the story, right? He takes care of us. But there's a little twist to this. This is where it gets maybe a little harder, all right? Are you ready for a twist? No? Anybody breathing out there? Okay, all right. It's okay to breathe. It's okay to clap. It's okay to say amen. It's okay to talk in church, all right? I'm going to give you permission this morning. Acts 2. If you have a Bible, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is speaking of the New Testament church, which includes us. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Didn't you guys enjoy the nice spread out there in the lobby, right? We're breaking bread together. We're fellowshipping with one another. It's a little bit messy, right? Our kids spilled a little juice on the floor. We can clean it up. It'll be all right. Um, But we're breaking bread together. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Aren't we in awe? when we come together at how God moves. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, church, God uses His church to care for one another, right? He uses us to provide for the needs of others in our community who have lack, right? That's part of the church. Back in Philippians 4, verse 10, it says, Paul says, I greatly, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. At the last, you renewed your concern for me. And in verse 14, yet it was good to you to share in my troubles. And again, in verse 16, when I was in Thessalonica, you sent aid to me more than once when I was in need, right? Our provision isn't just waiting to drop from heaven, from the Lord, right? Sometimes our provision comes from those around us who have things that can help us, right? Our needs are met by our community of faith as well, right? When we're sick, we have the church lay hands on us and pray for us. When we have financial need, we share with one another in a healthy manner, of course. We're not 
creating an entitlement program and we're not trying to enable anyone to have poor behavior in their finances, but when there are financial needs, we want to help one another, right? And not just, I'm going to go to the church to do this, but sometimes we see a need in a friend's life or we see a need in our community or we see a need with our neighbor and instead of going to our church to figure that out as the organization, God's asking us to do something about it, right? If we see somebody in our, who lives across the street from us who doesn't have any place to go for Christmas, we don't need to create a Christmas event at the church. We need to just invite them over to our Christmas, right? When we see somebody who maybe needs 20 bucks to grab a McDonald's hamburger, right? They cost 20 bucks now, apparently. We don't need to go take up a special collection on a Sunday morning. We just need to give them 20 bucks to go get a hamburger, right? We can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We don't need to create a new organization for it. Let's just go do it, right? Let's be a part of the solution. When we're struggling in our walk with Jesus, which we do, we all struggle to some extent. Even pastors struggle. Can you believe that? We, we have our struggles. We reach out to a Christian friend who will speak life and encouragement into us, right? We share in that way, right? If you're going through something, don't go through it alone, right? Call somebody. Pick up the phone. Text somebody. Send them a telegram or a messenger pigeon. Whatever you need to do to get a hold of somebody. But if you're struggling, don't go through it alone. If you go through it alone, then what the heck's the point for church, right? We're supposed to be with one another. We have a part to play in sharing God's abundance with those around us as the church. And when we do step up as the body of Christ, Paul says in verse 17, what I desire is that more will be credited to your account. Or in verse 18, they are like a fragrant offering, offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Do you know it's a blessing to give? It's a blessing to give. I love getting gifts, but I, I really like giving gifts, right? I, I'm the guy, my family knows, I'm the C's candy guy. That's all I get. I, I'm not, I'm not a, imaginative. I don't come up with really great gifts. I bring candy to everything, right? You're getting candy, and you're getting candy, and you're getting candy. Everybody's getting candy, right? And it's fun. Like yesterday, like I said, I was at a family Christmas thing, and, and my uncle, he, he, he saw the box of candy, and you know, the C's comes in like a red wrapper on the outside. And he was like, he, he, he has some physical ailments, and I could see him trying to peel back, the, peel back the paper, and I said, can I help you, Denny? He's like, yes. So I ripped that paper right off. I opened that box. Which one do you want, right? That's just a small, it's, isn't it wonderful to give to other people, Right? Even just a chocolate on Christmas. It's good to give. It's a blessing to offer ourselves back to God and to our friends in Christ. It's a blessing to lay all of ourselves and all of our possessions back at the feet of Jesus and say, God, do, what, do with me whatever you want. Nothing I have belongs to me anyways, right? It's fun, right? I heard somebody say, you can't outgive God, right? Isn't that true? You can't outgive God. It's fun to give. It's fun to give sometimes even when you don't even have enough to give. When you know it's like, that's my last 20 bucks in my pocket, right? I'm going to give it away, and I'm going to see what God does, right? It's fun to give. And when we share of ourselves, we get to be a part of God's great work, right? Isn't that fun too? That we get to be right in the center of God's will, that we ourselves get to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That's fun. Um, I love walking our neighborhood. We're going to do that with those Christmas flyers. We're going to walk our neighborhood and we're going to hand out flyers and invite people to come to Christmas and offer to pray for them. I love that. Isn't that fun 
to put your legs on and get out there and meet people and invite them. And, right? That's fun. I love it. Maybe not for all of us, but it's fun for me. So we get to share of ourselves. We get to be right in the middle of God's miracle work, right? When we get to be givers, we get to be in the middle of his miracle, right? Not our miracle, his miracle. And isn't that right where we want to be? Right in the center of God's will for our lives. I want to be right there, right? Maybe I described it a couple weeks ago or even last week that sometimes walking with Jesus is like there's a tornado, but you're in the middle, right? That your life is a tornado, right? And you can see like the refrigerator spinning around and the car spinning around around you and the house, the roof got ripped off the house and it's flying, but you're in the center of it, right? And there's safety and security and blessing in that, right? It doesn't mean you don't see all that craziness around you, right? That's what life is. But don't we want to be right? I'd rather be there than spinning around with the refrigerator, right? So I want to be right in the middle of God's miracle work. I want to see miracles, right? I want to see God move. I want to be a part of the movement of what he's doing in our world and in our church, right? I want to offer all of who I am and all of what I have back to him and say, Lord, do with me what you will, right? Even this body belongs to you. When it's done, you'll discard it and I'll go be in heaven with you and you're going to give me a new one, right? Aren't you anybody happy that you're getting a new body eventually? Yeah, I'm excited about that too. I, Fred and I and Ed and I were here putting up chairs. Man, my back's a little bit sore from yesterday. I thought I was going to be a hunchback uh, today. Uh, so I'm glad I'm getting a new body. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right? So I'm going to leave us with some action steps this morning. I'm going to leave us with some, how do we go live this? How do we go do this? Right. Um, number one. Share life, right? Don't think that someone else will answer the call, right? Isn't that our natural reaction when we see a need? Oh, well, somebody else is going to go take care of that, right? You know, I remember being a kid, and there'd be something on the floor, right? And you'd be a mess to clean up, right? Well, my mom will just go take care of that. My brother will go take care of that, right? We, all, we see needs in our area, and we, we just think that somebody else is going to go do it, right? Instead of this, let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in each moment, and ask him, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Right? When we see a brother or sister in need, you ask Jesus, what can I do? Right? Not waiting for somebody else to go do it. Right? If I see it, if God allowed me to see something, then he probably is asking me to do something. Right? I believe that God puts us in moments like that. Right? And so if we see something, do something. Right? Don't think that someone else will answer the call. Number two. Don't stay on the sidelines, right? Get in the game. Step into the action. When God says, go and do, step out in faith, right? Do what he puts on your heart. Do what he's telling you to do. Get in the game. Again, it goes with number one. Don't wait for somebody else to do it, right? God has appointed each one of us in this room for something specific and special, right? And our body is missing something if you don't do all that God has called you to do, right? Tyler cannot be Daniel, okay? I cannot fill his role. I cannot fill Pastor Jerry's role. I cannot fill Chuck's role. The only person who can be Chuck is Chuck, right? And if Chuck isn't being all that God called Chuck to be, our community is missing out, right? We all need to be who God has made us to be so that we function together as the body. Scripture says, okay, it's really great if you have an arm in the body, but what if you don't have any legs or any toes, right? And so fulfill whatever it is that your role is in the body of Christ, Do what God is telling you to do, right? 
And then we'll all do that together and the body will move and function the way it's supposed to, right? Number three, don't avoid the mess. Being a part of church community is messy. It is uncomfortable. It is not always easy, right? But it is better. Be okay with different opinions. People are going to think differently than you. They're going to think differently about politics and the Bible and what color ornaments we should have on the tree and what kind of coffee we should have and what their favorite donut is and what paper we should print our notes on and all the other things, what color we should paint the walls. Who cares? Let there be space for new opinions and different things, right? Be okay with walking through the hard things in life together. Be okay with relying on one another. It's okay to need somebody else in your life, right? The world tells us, go it alone. You don't need anybody, right? We know that's not true. We need one another, right? Life is messy with Jesus, but it's so, so good, right? Embrace the mess. It's okay, right? It's not always going to go how we want it to go, and that's perfectly fine. It's so, so good when God moves in our midst. Number four, don't underestimate God. I don't know how God moves, but I know that he does. I don't know how he's going to come through in your life, but I know that he will. I don't know how he heals, but I know that he does, right? Let's be a people who step out in faith and believe for a miracle working God. We don't always have to understand everything, right? We can't understand everything. I just want to trust God and believe that he's going to move in our midst, that he's going to show up in the hard situations of life and he's going to move powerfully because that's just what he does. That's his nature. That's what we see in scripture. That's what we've seen as we've walked with Jesus. I mean, I'm sure if we went around this room, we could all share stories of how it seemed so bleak and God shows up in that moment and does something, right? We all have a story like that. We know that God does that, right? So let's let him do that. Let's not try to figure it out. If somebody's sick this morning, I want you to, we're going to have a time come up front and we're going to lay hands on you and we're going to believe that God can heal you because that's what he does. He's a healer, right? Let's let him do that. And I love, I love, love, love what it says in Acts um, chapter 2 that we just read. It says, when we care for the church, when we make room for God to be God, when we believe that he can move in these areas of our lives, it says, he makes his promise to us that he adds daily to his church. Daily. Not just people who came from another church as great as that is, not just people who already know Jesus. He's talking about new converts, people who are receiving Jesus for the very first time and come as babies into the kingdom of God, right? When we are the hands and feet of Jesus, it says in the scriptures that he will add to his church daily. That's what I'm excited about. I want to see a bunch of babies in here not baby babies. I love babies. They're great. But babies in the Lord come in here creating all sorts of mess, right? They don't know anything about anything. They don't know anything about church. They don't know any of the rules. They don't know any of the stuff. Like, we're supposed to wear these clothes, and we're supposed to bring this Bible, and we're supposed to walk this way. And so I love bring those people in to make a bunch of mess because that's what we want. We want people to come to know Jesus. That's why we're here, right? When we follow Jesus in this way, he brings many souls into glory, right? Many souls into glory. One of those souls in this room was us at some point. At some point, God took our messy, crazy, ridiculous life and he saved it, 
redeemed us from the clutches of hell and brought us in here. And we didn't know how to walk with Jesus for one second of the day, right? But somebody taught us. Somebody embraced our messy life and our screwed up life. And they said, let me teach you how to follow Jesus, right? That's what the church is here for. I'm going to have the, the worship team come back up. And uh, we're going to open up a time this morning. And just if you have a need of, of any kind, um, I want to see the Lord function in our church in a healthy and a fruitful way, expecting that he's going to come through and he's going to bear much fruit, right? Let's seek this together, church. And so this morning, if you have a need of any kind, physical, emotional, spiritual, job, bank account, whatever it is, whatever you need, God knows it already, and he wants to work in those areas of your life. And so um, I'm going to have uh, just a couple of elders come up front, if you would, and, and be willing to pray and, and lay hands on folks and, um, and just believe that God's going to move in those areas of our lives that we have need, right? So would you stand with me, church? Jesus, we thank you that you are a God that provides, that you are a God of the infinite, that you don't have a short arm, God, but that you have a long arm that reaches out to us, Lord. We pray, God, that we would be a people who, when we see a need, that we would move, that we would fulfill that need, that we would step in the middle of that, whether somebody needs prayer or somebody needs a meal or somebody needs a place to go for Christmas or somebody needs a friend to just listen to them or whatever it might be, God that we would be a people who are moved into action that are the hands and feet of Jesus, that we would be a people that, that do these things, and that as we do these things, Lord, that you would add babies to our congregation daily, like you said in your scripture, that are going to create a whole bunch of mess in here. God, we're going to be cleaning a lot of diapers in the spiritual realm, and that's okay, God, because it's wonderful that another person is brought into glory with you, Lord. And we're so thankful for you, Lord. We receive all that you have for us this morning. We pray that you would work in every area of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on up, church. If you have a need for anything, we'd love to pray with you and pray for you. As